This portion of the show is brought to you by Gettles High Desert Mechanical. This is the Jeff Orbit Show. All right, welcome everyone. I uh, breaking out the abacus here, breaking out the calculator. We do have the treasurer for the great state of Arizona, Treasurer Kimberly Yee, returns to the program. Treasurer, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Jeff. Thanks for having me. See, I still use an abacus because that way, you know, we can try to get these numbers correctly. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> um, it's a classic math. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all into that. Uh, it's good to have you back, though, and it's, it's been a while. I know that one time in the past we talked about, before we get to this Proposition 123 thing and the draw potential drawdown on that that um, I believe the, that the governor has proposed, um, did did you ever pass or, or encourage the legislature to pass, I should say, like basic financial literacy? Like, you know, we're talking like kids in school, like learning basic right. stuff, balancing. I don't think anyone balances a checkbook anymore, which is evident. <laughs> but um, did we ever get anything like that through? We did. It really has been part of my platform as the state treasurer to really encourage our students uh, to understand personal money management, because I believe there's a direct correlation between how our families and individuals manage their money to the greater fiscal health of the state of Arizona. So when I was in my first uh, year in office, 2019, as state treasurer, I went before the state legislature and passed a bill that would insert financial education in our high school so that they have to incorporate that in their economic uh, elective class there. It's actually not an elective. It's a, it's a requirement that they have to have. And so they will have that before they graduate from high school and enter the real world. You know, teaching money management tips like balancing um, a checkbook. Yes, people don't use checkbooks as often anymore, but <laughs> they need to know how to budget. And they need to know that there are consequences when you don't pay off your credit card month to month. Those are simple life skills that I do hope um, our uh, you know, classrooms will teach throughout the entire course of their education. But we ensure that that happens in high school. Yeah, we need it. And I mean, if you look at... I, look, you look at the state of the country when it comes to personal finance, when it comes to just personally how indebted people are, but also how indebted governments are. I mean, we passed $34 trillion as a nation uh, at the beginning of this year, and we've added $80, $90 billion just in like a month, right? Yes, um, we need to teach this to adults. Yeah, <laughs> obviously, uh, yeah. it hasn't been getting yeah. in there, and um, uh, we need to do that. So I, I actually applaud yes. you for that because uh, I, I think – one of the earliest things I wanted to do, you know, right out of high school was, hey, I want to learn about finances. I know it can be boring for people, but maybe we're just kind of nerds or something. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's so important to your whole life and to society in general. It's so true. And I try to teach. I go into classrooms regularly to talk with students about money management. I try to engage them and make it fun and understandable. And so I share with them the value of working for your money that it is something that is to be earned because once they earn their money, like through chores or other things, they really have a value put on that money so that when they spend it, they're more mindful of how they're going to spend it or save it. And um, I also share with them, you're not entitled. This is just not money that falls from the sky or from the government. And so really it's so important to teach young children that you have to work for that money and you certainly never spend more than you make. And so these are some of the tips that we provide to our youngest kids uh, in our schools. But we also, uh, just so you know, last Monday, we went before the State Board of Education. I have a financial literacy task force that I put together in 2019 as well. And we really want to encourage this to be a half 
credit so that when you are in an elective class um, in high school, this is something that will be uh, able to be taught because we really do need to ensure that the money management understanding is clear before these kids turn into adults to remember the 2008 fiscal crisis where people weren't paying off their mortgages because they didn't think it was important. Well, again, they turn into kids who don't understand math and then they they go into the real world and we have a huge fiscal crisis because of it. So I really, this is something I push hard on, but I do think that we're going to get a great return in the end. Yeah, you and I remember 2008. The sad reality is so many people have been born since then, and we kind of lose sight of that, you know. So you have to kind of re-educate as far as the history and say, hey, this this is what happened. This is how we got into this position. Let's rewind a second before we get to Prop 123. What does, remind us what the treasurer does, and what's your role in in the state? Unlike the feds, you don't have a printing press or anything like that 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 I'm aware of. Oh, no. Okay. (laughs) What do you, what, what, what's your major thing? <laughs> well, I am the chief banking and investment officer of the state of Arizona. It's a statewide constitutional office. I have a four-year term. I am now in my second term. So I look forward to serving the full eight years. And I manage $64.7 billion of our taxpayer money that moves throughout the various state agencies, to our local government, to our school districts, throughout the state. When I first started as state treasurer in 2019, January assets under management were at $15.4 billion. Today they stand at $30.8 billion. We have nearly doubled, you know, our investment in this very short period of time. And really what we do is we manage the funds and invest those funds to make more money on the money. Sometimes overnight when we are asleep, my amazing investment team internally in our office has really literally made a million dollars overnight in investments alone. Um, and when we talk about uh, the other things that we do at our, our office, we also manage the Permanent Land Endowment Trust Fund. And as you know, we have our state land department, and they have management over the sale of state land. So anytime state land is sold, we get the proceeds of those sales, and we invest those funds. And that allows for us to give the invested monies to back to the taxpayers so that they don't have to raise taxes in our communities. And so what we have done over the years is we have ensured that that return goes back to the beneficiaries that were designated at statehood. There's 13 of them, and the largest of which is the K-12 through public school system. 93% of the permanent land endowment trust fund goes to K-12. through Okay. Let me, let me, let me see if I can wrap my, my, my brain around all this. And we're talking with uh, Treasurer Kimberly Yee. So, when we got to statehood, there was obviously a bunch of land that is state land, right? So our land, public land, correct? Yeah, and right. So the idea over time, it was federal land given to us as state land, correct? Okay, okay. There's still a lot of federal land, but that's another discussion for another day. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. But the state land is what you're talking about. So. The idea was sell that off over time and use the proceeds to invest into these 13 different categories or different uh, types of things. Is that, am I reading that right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. And categories meaning like the largest I said was beneficiary of K through 12, 93%. So that's oh. the bulk of where these funds go. But you also have universities within the beneficiaries and you have the minors hospital. You've got lots of, they were all designated at statehood, but we made an agreement in order to become a state in our enabling act and our constitution that we will, um, you know, use these funds over the course of perpetuity, over the course of our statehood. And so we are very responsible with what we call the state land endowment, because again, it's forevermore. We need a long-term vision of it. Okay. So 
how much land are we talking here? I mean, and, and, about 10 million okay. uh, acres uh, and, and we are roughly around nine or so. So uh, in, so in, begin, in the beginning, be it was 10 million and now we're down to about yes. nine. Okay. So we've sold off 10%. See, my abacus works. <laughs> we, we You're sold, off, we sold <laughs> off about in, in, since 1912. Do I have my, 12. we've sold yes. off about 10% of that land, which is state land and use that proceeds mostly from what you're telling me for education. So you still got 9 million acres left. Do you have a recent example of like land being sold or can you like 30,000 foot? Yeah. Like, what are you looking at? Well, if you take a look at, and we don't sell that land, that's the land apartment under a different office, but we had our board of investment meeting today. And for instance, you know, we provide an update of what the land sales were, let's say from the previous month or the last quarter. And then we immediately, you know, we invest the proceeds upon uh, the proceeds coming to our office. But to give you an example of the money that we make on the money, um, we are distributing to the K through 12 public school system $424 million in this fiscal year based on land sales alone from last year. So that gives you an idea of what the monies actually look like once they okay. are, you know, uh, invested. It's significant. And, and it is significant. And it's not something you read about in the news. But we do this month to month. And uh, again, we, we have very safe investments. We've done very, very well. Our land endowment reached a record high of $8.2 billion. Remember when our uh, permanent land endowment trust fund began um, and, and we you know, we started with something like 800 million. The value, the market value today is at 8.2 billion. So you can see we've done well, um, but we have to be responsible just because we're investing well and, and, and the land endowment looks good. It, we are entering into an inflationary environment and yeah. we have to protect um, this fund. It is really something where we have to provide protections against the inflation. We also have to provide a protection uh, against breaking into the corpus or the principal. Um, and so as we take a look at what these proposals have been from whether you're talking about the state Senate proposal to the governor's whopping 8.9% distribution rate, I mean, these are, these are numbers that we would never see in any type of endowment similar to a 60-40 portfolio like we have. So if you were to take a look at the average endowment across the country, say for a university, uh, and we map, you know, we take a look at those every month. They never reach above 5%. So my recommendation to uh, the governor's proposal, which she's proposing an 8.9% raid from the fund, and then to the continuation of a 6.9% um, distribution rate, that's higher than we can go based on our returns. And okay. we are trying to protect the funds from going into the principal. We also are in an environment where we have to take a look at what our returns will be in the next 10 years. So she's looking at in her budget proposal, and I know there's a shortfall based on the previous years, but again, the budget got bloated and grew significantly, but whatever. Uh, we'll save that for another discussion too. From your point. I'd be happy to talk about that too. Yeah, a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're still going to have the third highest budget in Arizona's history, even, even with the so-called budget crisis that we're in. Um, but your so your take they want to tap into that and is that for the education for that ninety odd percent that money would would go over to the the state's budget to to cover those I guess shortfalls as they see it. It really is trying to fund a system for education outside of the general fund budget. Okay, so you're basically you know you could take the rainy day fund and fund education out of that. I mean, there's there's different ways to budget. This is not the way to budget. And, and I always say, you know, these funds 
for a, a permanent land endowment trust fund like we have um, needs to be used with a vision long term for the future of Arizona, not to fix short term budget problems. Yeah. And you're right. There's a spending problem. And and they really have to take a look at that internally and fix that because you can never spend more than you make. And so just trying to deal with education funding alone and move it over to the land trust and break it open and rate it is just not responsible. And so we are really um, calling out those who are considering these measures that you really have to take a look at most endowments across the globe. They distribute annually not more than 5%. Um, if you take a look at the Internal Revenue Service and their guidelines, it's not more than 5%. Um, so we would be consistent uh, and prudent if we, again, take a look at what our distribution should be in yeah. the environment we're in, what our returns have been consistently in the past. And by the way, um, you know, we, I think the governor wants to do this 8.9% in distribution. My office has not reported a 10-year return above 8.9% in nearly two years. Uh, you know, over the span of the last 10 years, only 32 months have ever reported a 10-year return over 8.9%. So in short, it, it means that the increase being recommended by the governor is unfeasible. It really goes down a dangerous path. And uh, it clearly um, has no research behind it. And again, this is related to the Prop 123. Is that something the legislature can just do or is that a, a send to yes. the voters issue so they can actually? Both. Oh, Both. Oh, okay. They so, have to say to send it. They have to agree to send it out to the to the voters to agree. Exactly. And so the legislature, as they did nearly 10 years ago with the original Prop 123, determined what that distribution rate would be to put it on a ballot for the people to vote on it. And so that would be the same type of process that they would work on. No, the governor doesn't have to sign the off on this. She's obviously making uh, you know, her proposal public so that they would consider it. Yeah. But ultimately, the legislature will have that vote. And, and ultimately, they'll probably send something out that'll say they might take your recommendation of the 5% or come up with some other number. But ultimately, the voters of Arizona would have to decide on that, which is kind of crazy because, I mean, it is um, we talk about financial education, but educating on <laughs> a topic like this when you're competing with all the other 30 second sound bites in election year um, yes. and Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl is, <laughs> is, right. is, is a little bit hard for you to do because, uh, unfortunately, it is not a front page uh, above the fold if we even read the printed newspapers anymore issue. It's true. And and really, it's a very complicated type of proposal when you take a look at the numbers and it can get overwhelming for the average voter. Yeah. But really, it's, it's, if you were to take a look at your own retirement fund, do you ever break right into it and rate it out? No, you're supposed to put it in there and you contribute to it regularly so that you increase that fund over time. And this is similar. So if you take a look at, um, you know, how it's going to be advertised once it goes to the voter, we'll see. Um, but I will I will say that, um, you know, over the course of this discussion, it's really only the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> but we yeah. are putting out there. We are the office that manages this uh, land uh, trust fund day to day. So we know what those returns are um, and we can share that information with those who will be making these important decisions. And again, we really want to be prudent with these funds because we have to take a look at the fact that this is a long-term fund 
for the future of Arizona. We should not be yeah, not fixing just, budget problems not, today. Yeah. Just not <laughs> just an election, not just an election cycle, Kimberly. Yeah, it's, exactly. And if, right. I, if I can put this another way, if let's say you had a hundred thousand um, dollar personal investment fund for retirement, right? And you're it's 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 getting five percent per year. So five five thousand bucks is my yep. math, right? Once again, um, you wouldn't want to draw down more than that five thousand because you're eating into the principal. And that eventually right. run out of the principal. You run out, you start eating into that hundred thousand dollars. Is that a fair? Exactly right. Okay. That's exactly right. Okay. And, and so when we take a look at the wall street forecasters uh, and their similar types of portfolios, like a 60, 40, like we have, they predict a 5.45% return for the next decade on something like we have for the land endowment. And so again, we, we give this information to the legislature. I do hope that they will, take a look at the numbers. I yeah. certainly hope the governor will, I mean, the 8.9%, I had calls uh, nonstop after <laughs> that came out originally because these are money managers that are across the state. I don't know them. They're just calling me to tell me no one on the planet would ever recommend a nearly 9% payout rate <laughs> for a fund like this. So, yeah. sign, uh, you know, sign me it's, up. It's sign really me up. outrageous. <laughs> yeah. It's outrageous. And it really is uh, irresponsible. That's why I called it out as dangerous and unsafe. Uh, final question for you that I meant to ask earlier. What are you, what are you allowed to invest in? Cause you have gotten a, a good return. Um, you, yeah. you can't be doing risky. So you're not buying options on, uh, you know, some startup company or something like that. What are, no. what are you allowed to put this stuff into? Well, our uh, motto is safety before liquidity, before yield. These are taxpayer dollars. So we have to be safe with our investments first. And so these are all us based companies. Uh, and we take a look at, you know, researched uh, operations, corporations that really are tested. Um, and because our um, laws say that we can't go outside of U.S.-based companies, we really do maintain that standard. And and we also have, I personally have somebody who scrubs uh, what's happening out there, right? So what, what are companies doing? And if they are showing themselves to go south in any way, we start, uh, you know, taking a look at what our investments are with them and whether or not we need to buy de- down any of our investments because the company might go, you know, away at, at some point in the future. Yeah. So we really do maintain the safety, but we also need to maintain the liquidity um, as well so that we have the money available when needed, especially during COVID. Just, you know, so, you know, we have over the course of these last uh, four years prior in my first term, we earned over $3 billion. Um, and that is just money that was not there, but based on earnings alone. And and so it really has been outstanding performance on the part of my team. All right. Hey, I appreciate the update. Um, and we'll get you back on as this. I think this will heat up. So let's hope they get to a reasonable and rational number. And um, that's great. Yeah, I appreciate it. Kimberly, treasurer of Arizona. We'll talk with you soon. Thank you, Jeff. Bye-bye. Love to hear from you. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Go ahead and get your email comments in. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast as well. If you're watching on Rumble and we get these videos up on these interviews, Rumble or YouTube, uh, I've got links right up at talkwithjeff.com. That's talkwithjeff.com. Check it out and subscribe. If you're listening to the podcast, please give us a great review and also give us a comment in there. If you're not listening to the podcast, subscribe. Look up the Jeff Orbit Show. Also on video, Rumble, follow us there. And on YouTube, subscribe. We appreciate everyone who's done that. You're listening to the Jeff Orbit Show. 
All right, I couldn't do this show without all you listening every day, and I sure do appreciate that. And I couldn't do it without our great sponsors, many of which you have been with us for many, many years. And also you all supporting our great sponsors. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for telling them when you go and uh, and, and buy stuff and work with our great sponsors that you heard it right here on the Jeff Orvitt Show. I appreciate that. Like Diamond Auto Glass on 4th Street in Flagstaff. It's the place I go get, to get those rock chips repaired. Uh, you know, that little, that little chip in your windshield that can spread to the entire windshield and then you need a whole new windshield you don't do that that's expensive they can do that too and they'll, they'll treat you really good get you a great price work with your insurance company as well call up diamond auto glass 928-779-4140 928-779-4140 or go to the difference is clear.com and you may need them coming up here because we're going to talk about in just a second uh some some weather big weather changes coming our way and uh, storm flow definitely changing also thank you to my good friends at uh, just wireless just wireless where you can save a bunch of money by getting your smartphone repaired rather than getting a brand new one we're talking about your you know your old batteries uh, phone's not charging good anymore not holding the charge especially in the cold just wireless in flagstaff west flagstaff they can take care of you get get you all new battery charging ports crack screens plus just wireless has a great line of refurbished phones just wireless on milton avenue and west flagstaff also online at just All right, welcome back. I need to throw out the email. Just don't know if I did that. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Didn't throw out the uh, text, 877-971-3971. If you want to get any comments, love to hear from you. Uh, and subscribe, please. When you're at the website, subscribe right there. Just ask for your email. We're not selling it. We're not spamming you. We send articles like the one I'm going to talk about here in just a bit on Senator Kirsten Cinema and her jet-setting ways. You know, she wants to save the earth. She's like all these leftist environmentalists that say the world's about to end. But then when it's a little inconvenient and you got control of other people's money, uh, you decide to use private jets to go all over the place because, hey, you know, it's much more convenient. <laughs> Wait till you hear this quote that she said. And I got the article up at talkwithjeff.com that we put out there. Crazy stuff. Uh, also, watch out for safe deposit boxes, I guess, a big case in California where people put you know gold, silver, cash, things like that in safe deposit box. Feds, the FBI came in and they seized them all. And then they had to go to court to get the stuff back. Took years. I'll tell you about that in just a second. But then some stuff was missing, of course, right? especially the cash. We don't know what happened to that cash. There was never any cash in there. Uh, I'll tell you about that here in just a second, too. I guess there's some weather changes coming. I'm looking at the Flagstaff National Weather Service, and let's see. They're saying snow is going to begin Thursday, mainly above 7,000 feet, and then it's going to drop down to 5,500 feet on Friday and then 4,500 feet on Saturday, so it's going to get much colder. So, you know, areas in Verde Valley might get some, maybe not down in the, the lowest spots, but um, definitely Prescott area will get some. Uh, right now, I'm seeing what Flagstaff four to six inches by Saturday, Thursday through Saturday. So, I don't know. It, it doesn't look huge, but I, I looked at the you look at the radar and there's like a wall of moisture out there in California. So I've been here long enough to know that anything's possible. And sometimes when we see this, the, the moisture tap gets turned on. And then the next thing you know, the snow totals get much higher. And also it could be warmer weather at first though. So maybe it's going to rain a bit more, uh, but we shall see. So keep that in mind coming up here starting 
Thursday and into the weekend. We shall see. Uh, all right. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Get those comments in. We'll come back, talk about some of these, uh, this, this cinema issue, what hypocrisy, and get into these safe deposit box as well and hit on a couple of other issues if we've got time. Uh, remember, I, uh, I bought a brand new uh, dump trailer from American Trailer Company just north of Flagstaff, and they have a huge inventory out there. So if you're looking for a dump trailer, flatbed trailer, those cargo trailers, all, you got to go out there. You got to see their their huge yard, their huge selection of trailers right north of Flagstaff, but outside of Flagstaff, so you don't have to deal with city sales tax, which saves you money. Plus, they try to be about the same price or even lower than Phoenix, so you don't need to go down there to deal with this stuff. Buy from a northern Arizona company, and that's American Trailer Company, American Trailer Company, veteran-owned company. This place where I went and bought my brand-new dump trailer, which I'm going to be using extensively here this weekend. Go check them out online, too, at americantraileraz.com. Hey, if you're listening to the podcast, please give us a great review and also give us a comment in there. If you're not listening to the podcast, subscribe. Look up The Jeff Orbit Show. Also on video, Rumble, follow us there. And on YouTube, subscribe. We appreciate everyone who's done that. Listening to the Jeff Orovitz Show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Rod- the Rodeo Steakhouse in Williams. Get a great steak, get some great ribs too at the Rodeo Steakhouse. This is the Jeff Orovitz Show. All right, welcome back. Jeff Forbes here. Hey, uh, send me an email. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. That's talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Uh, thank you, Newt, for this email about the wonderful UN. And thanks for all your emails. I try to follow those links as best as possible in the videos and stuff. Again, appreciate it, Newt. Um, but UN's annual $8 billion budget to support global migration. Of course. I mean, it, what's annual global migration, you know, the push for, for, for our open borders and this continued invasion. But you know what else is crazy? We fund this stuff. Uh, you know, the U.S. funds so much of the U.N. Uh, time to stop doing that. Uh, Trump had that right. I wish he'd, if he gets reelected, I, I wish he'd follow through because the last thing we need is more unelected bureaucrats running around the world telling us what to do, telling other nations what to do. Did you see that report as well about the, um, the attacks on Israel from Hamas and how Several UN employees, they listed like up to a dozen or something, are suspected and alleged to have aided in one way or the other. I mean, this is, if you really read into the UN and, and what the bureaucrats and in conjunction with the NGOs, the non-governmental organizations, all this billions of dollars funneled through, you know, what they do in Africa where they go around in their Mercedes and, you know, Range Rovers and, you know, go to the fancy meetings on the fancy jets and pretend like they're actually helping people when a lot of times they're actually causing many of the problems out there. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, let's see. Here's an email comment from Gary. Uh, tell This is from yesterday. Uh, Mark Howitt was is convinced that pres, former President Trump will not win the election in 24 because of uh, uh, the independence. Um, and he went on for a while about that. Um, and Gary out of Sedona said, hey, tell Mark to vote for Trump, then turn off the TV so his feelings remain intact because policy is all that matters. And, you know, the, his contention is that Mark's contention is that, hey, people just get pissed off at Trump and, you know, stop tweeting and they just can't stand him. And they're all, not all, but many people are low information voters and he can't win because low information voters, you know, have been trained to hate Trump. So yeah, 
Gary, you know, he, he says, hey, all that matters is policy. And, and I would agree with that 100%. You know, when Trump was president, would these things be going on in the world that are have been going on for the past couple of years? I don't think so. Now, Trump was not perfect, believe me. And he spent a, he spent a bunch of money, just like every past president in recent memory, and, and helped grow the national debt. Uh, and he failed to kind of root out the people around him, that deep state. I, I don't know if he'll make that mistake again, though. May, spending, he's he's a big spending guy. That could still be a problem, although probably less than Biden. But I think he's on a vengeance path and will probably try to root out, knowing it's his last term and what happened last time, and try to root out the deep state people. Anyway, thanks, Gary. Thanks, Newt. Thanks for those emails. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. That's talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Let's get to a couple Arizona things going on here. Another representative. Representative in trouble and uh, Senator Cinema spending your money on the uh, the private jets. You know nothing like spending that money and then going to different co- uh, conferences on you know environmental stuff and passing all kinds of enviro wackadoodle legislation and zipping around all over on your dollars on a private jet. Get to that in just a second. Hey, if you need to refinance your home, call my good friend Kim Dawson at Nova Home Loans. She's got lots of different programs she can work with. Uh, if you're a first time buyer. And another thing she's really working on is trying to help people out that already own their home that may have a mortgage, but also may have a lot of credit card debt and get that all consolidated into one lower interest loan to try to get you out of that hole. A lot of people have had to lean on those credit cards. I get it because of uh, cost and everything, inflation due to all the craziness of the government. Anyway, uh, Kim Dawson can help you out. Give her a call. Mention to Jeff Orvich. She'll get $250 off the lender's fee at closing. And I love uh, Nova Home Loans because it's Arizona's largest privately owned bank. And you combine that with Kim Dawson and the programs that she can find, uh, bank programs, but also broker out programs to find the best deal for you. Uh, Give Kim Dawson a call, 928-310-6458. 928-310-6458. Go online, novahomeloans.com slash Kim Dawson. Kim Dawson, NMLS 697411. Nova Home Loans, NMLS 3087. BK number 090242 equals an opportunity. Subject to credit approval terms and conditions may apply. Okay. Uh, Let's start with this one. Uh, Representative Lee Lisa, I think it's Lisa. It's spelled different. And I'm assuming it's soon. Lisa soon. Democrat representative. She was accused of threatening a city employee. Which city was this? Let me get back to that. Um, Yeah, here it is. Okay. She was accused of allegedly threatening a a couple of city employees uh, during a conference in Tucson allegedly threatened to throw Tolleson Chief Government Affairs Officer Pillar Sinaway off a hotel balcony in August. Um, They say she wasn't at the conference, though. Soon later said she was using hyperbolic language, but admitted she had said if Sinaway were at the conference, this is according to AZ Family, she would... um, uh, how, how, how do I say it? I can't, I, can we bleep? <laughs> B slap her. You know what that means. Uh, if she was there. And witnesses said they felt she was, wasn't was joking and had a serious tone. Co- apparently some conflict going on over, um, over some issues. And the House Committee on Ethics 
have now weighed in and said that she has repeatedly violated ethics rules and could be censured or kicked out of office as early as this week for uh, what happened. Uh, so another, and this this just happened a couple months ago where a representative got uh, thrown out for the, the craziness that they're doing down there. Um, so yeah, a Democrat representative may be out and or may at, at the minimum be, be censured after the uh, Committee on Ethics uh, found her violating the, you know, the thrown off the, the balcony thing, I guess, was, was a bridge too far. Uh, okay, let's see another Arizona issue here. Uh, cinema. Cinema. Good old uh, Senator Kirsten Cinema used to be a Democrat, now an independent. And I got this article up on talkwithjeff.com. Jet setting cinema. Save the earth. That's for the little people. Let them eat cake. <laughs> Arizona Senator Kirsten Cinema, she's been the left's eco-warrior for a long time. I mean, she's been responsible for a lot of bills, a lot of legislation, a lot of push. Uh, you know, she had no problem voting for that Inflation Reduction Act, which, which turned out to be uh, the Green New Deal, right? That, that human-caused climate change, as they call it, you know, uh, us humans are causing climate change because we drive around in cars and we use natural gas and, you know, stove tops and this and that. And, you know, we're just we're destroying the earth. And they keep pushing out the date of destruction. It was 2030. It might be out further now because that's getting a little close. But, you know, we're, we're always almost reaching that tipping point. And then that point, re- we hit that t- point in time. And then the tipping point seems to be pushed forward some more. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they're making some money off this deal. Anyway, um, you know, her, her past actions in voting for these leftist eco-warrior policies hasn't changed her habit of flying in private jets. And public records have now shown that, that Senator Cinema has flown private jets 11 times. And I don't mind if you fly private jets, if you're wealthy, you've got the money for it. If you want to pay for it out of your own funds, hey, that, that's, that's your call. Uh, have at it. Have a good time. I, I'm available if you want to give me, give me a flight somewhere too. Uh, anyway, preferably somewhere warmer. Anyway, she flew private jet cinema 11 times since 2020. And, and how did she pay for it? You know, she's, she's, she's um, probably got so many companies and stuff, I guess. Right. And she's made so much money in the private sector. She's got so much interest uh, or dividends that she's earning off all of her great stock picks, maybe, you know, so she's just spending that extra money on her own. No, no, she's not doing that. Uh, she spent $210,000 on these 11 private jets zipping all over the place, um, off the hardworking taxpayers of, of the United States. So it went to her office, it was built to her office. So you paid for her 11 private jet rides. And there was more actually, cause she, I'm, I'm reading that she's actually billed more to her campaign. So the donors have paid for her private jets as well. Good stuff. Now her defense, basically it's like this. Well, Arizona is just a big state, you know, it's just, it's just really big and I'm really busy. You know, she's big state, really busy, you know, super important person, right? And, and no, I'm not kidding here. Here's a statement that her office put out, her press secretary or, or communications person. Get this. Talk about tone deaf here. Quote, Arizonans know it can take hours to get from Prescott to Yuma. I, I mean, don't we though? I mean, of course we know that. It's We've all run into that, right? It's like, it, we all know that. Arizonans know it can take hours to get from Prescott to Yuma. Senator Cinema 
Remember, she's special. She's one of the technocrat elitists. Um, you know, so she's special like a lot of these politicians. This is her quote. This is from her office. Senator Cinema maximizes her time in Arizona to connect with as many constituents in every corner of the state as possible. Well, isn't that special? <laughs> you know, so, so yeah. Do you believe this statement? Yeah, the reason why she had to fly 11 times since 2020 uh, on the backs of the taxpayers for $210,000 and against her environmental stances, I might add as well, hypocrisy, anyone, right, is because Arizonans know it can take hours to get from Prescott to Yuma. And Senator Cinema maximizes her time in Arizona to connect with as many constituents in every corner of the state as possible. Give me a break. It's like all us little people, you know, we know how inconvenient. I, I use this example. We know how inconvenient it can be. I, I've used this example in the article. I put up a talk with Jeff.com. Picture a, a hardworking mom with a couple kids, you know, and, and it gets to be around that time in the afternoon where she's got to go pick them up. And, and she's got to go pick them up because like in Flagstaff, for example, maybe they're in high school and the Flagstaff Unified School District board uh, and, and the district, you know, they've had such financial woes that they, can't, they can no longer pick up the kids on the bus anymore. You know, the bus you pay for the yellow bus that that's uh, Vice President Kamala. Harris loves, you know, can't pick them up on the bus, the school district anymore, because they just stopped that service. You know, they can't, they can't run things correctly anymore financially. So they stopped that service. So some hardworking mom has to go pick up, you know, let's say the two kids in high school. She just got off work, by the way, she just got off work and she's dealing with Flagstaff traffic in the afternoon. And she's got to bring uh, one kid over to, you know, gymnastics practice or something, and then run the other kid over to football practice or something or, or Taekwondo, who the heck knows, right? And then she's running home to get dinner prepped and, you know, get all this stuff ready so the kids can eat when they get home later. Then she runs back out and picks up, you know, a kid at gymnastics a kid at Taekwondo, then gets back home, serves dinner, then helps with homework, and then at some point collapses from exhaustion. I mean, wouldn't it be nice if that mom who's working hard also could maybe get a taxpayer-funded helicopter to get the kids from point A to point B and, you know, to do all the errands? And Oh, and probably, I'm, I'm sure Cinema gets lots of great meals. I wonder if they serve food on that flight. You know, maybe she can get a taxpayer-subsidized meal for the, um, uh, for the kids as well. I mean, wouldn't it be nice? You know, anyway, so it goes to show you how disconnected she is. Just the statement alone is like, how idiotic are you, right? How idiotic are you? So yeah, she, she's so busy and she's just busy out there connecting with the taxpayers. So you know how hard it is to travel around $210,000 on the backs of the taxpayer. Look, it's time for cinema to time for cinema to re-enter the private world, the private sector and get a grip and join the rest of us. I guess join the rest of us less on less important people out there and get back to the real world. Uh, she is up for re-election, obviously heated seat that may determine the outcome of the U S Senate. Uh, you've, you've got Ruben Gallego, who's a even further left Democrat than Kirsten Cinema, And then you've got on the Republican side, you got multiple people running for this seat still. Um, Carrie Lake, um, in my opinion, the front runner polls are showing she's the front runner. You got Sheriff Mark Lamb, who's a Republican as well. Um, it's not even, we're not even sure if Senator Cinema is actually going to run for this position. She has, she hasn't even actually declared, uh, that she's running it. and it's getting really close and her fundraising numbers are really bad. Uh, worst fundraising in three years reporting just came out. That's, I guess how we found out about the air travel as well. Yes, she needed that because she only collected $595,000 in the last reporting period, which is pretty low for a Senate race. Her lowest since the beginning of 2021, lower than any quarter, according to the Arizona Republic here during her first Senate campaign in 17 and, and 2018. Um, and 
donation limits back then were actually lower. So not looking good for cinema. Let's see if she even announces uh, that she's going to run in this race. It may be, it may turn out being Gallego versus Lake. We'll see. All right. Love to hear from talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Let's talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Don't forget um, if you get into a a situation where your heater ain't working, we've got some really cold weather coming. Write down this number, put it on your fridge or wherever you save, save it in your phone. And that's for Gettles High Desert Mechanical. The place that I use, the company that I use has been servicing HVAC systems, heating and cooling units, and plumbing. Don't forget about the plumbing throughout northern Arizona and, and central Arizona for many, many decades. Here's their number. Gettles Service Department will take really good care of you. 928-567-2200. 928-567-2200. That's Gettles High Desert Mechanical. 928-567-2200. Or go to Gettles, G-O-E-T-T-L-S, GettlesHDM.com. All right, don't go anywhere. Hang tight. Back in a minute. listening to the podcast please give us a great review and also give us a comment in there if you're not listening to the podcast subscribe look up the jeff orbit show also on video rumble follow us there and on youtube subscribe we appreciate everyone who's done that this is the jeff orbit show quick story here i'll try to hit maybe this a little longer another time but uh the fbi i guess had a warrant to get somebody's safe deposit box one of those private vault holding companies safe deposit boxes got a court order right went in and the court order was very specific i guess this is back in 2020 and they're supposed to go over one box if they got into others they were just supposed to identify them and then i don't know why and then inventory the stuff right apparently they just swooped up all kinds of people's boxes and just kept everything right so this class action lawsuit i think this happened in california class action lawsuit people had to fight to get their stuff back finally four years later judge ruled that hey we kind of had a revolutionary war over this thing and you know fourth amendment and all you get, can't just swoop up people's stuff you know and, and so they started returning stuff but one one person i was reading they had like twenty thousand dollars in silver in the security uh, safe, safe deposit box and 2000 in cash. They're like, well, we got the silver back, but the cash is gone. They said, oh, we don't have any record of that. Of course not. Of course the cash was gone. So I guess a word to wise here is I wouldn't put my stuff in these safe deposit boxes because what is the consequences, even though, it, and it took four years for people to fight for this stuff, they get the money back and some of it, they get some of the contents back. It's still gone, and is there any consequences for the FBI agents or the powers that be that said, go do this? I don't think so. I think it'll just happen again because it's just a slap on the wrist. Unbelievable. These people need to read the Constitution once in a while. All right, uh, I got to get out of here. I'll be back tomorrow, but I do have more for you in a second. I have some great interview extras coming up, so stick around for that. And uh, please subscribe to the podcast and our videos. Got Carrie Lake's video up there. Uh, We'll have Treasurer Yee's video, which is well worth it, and then get the links to the Rumble channel, YouTube channel, the podcast and their special articles like the one on cinema flying jet setting around the country talkwithjeff.com that's talkwithjeff.com hang tight more to come back in just a minute
Thanks for listening to the Jeff Orb Show. Portions of the show may be pre-recorded. And remember, the information provided on the show does not constitute legal, medical, financial, or tax advice. All information is the opinions of the host and his guests. You should always seek the advice of a professional regarding any of these complex issues to make sure all circumstances of your situation are properly considered. Remember to catch the podcast by looking up The Jeff Orbit Show on your favorite podcast provider, including places like Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, and more. Also available on Rumble and on YouTube. Just look up Orvitz, O-R-A-V-I-T-S. And remember, the show streams Monday through Friday at 4.06 p.m. right up at talkwithjeff.com. Also available on FM on 97.1 FM, the big talker throughout northern Arizona, and 107.9 FM in the Prescott area.